0: Hello, I'm Karina Parasella, Tribe Lead, Head of Technology Workforce for ANZ Bank. And today I'm joined with Graham Cowan, the author, speaker, founding director of RUOK And an authority on team care and resilience. Today we're talking all things leading with kindness, empathy, mental health, and ultimately what is perceived as a soft element of leadership is actually very hard when it comes to delivery and economic benefits. Hello, Graham. Lovely to be speaking with you today.
1: Great to join you, Karina.
0: I'm so excited about our chat, Graham, because um, I first came across your work in a lot of the interviews that you've done um, the Caring CEO podcast. You interviewed my CEO at ANZ, Shane Elliott, recently. Um, I know that you're also an author, you're a speaker. Um, I believe you're the founding director of RUOK. And just to I'm going to call you an authority on team care and resilience, so right up my alley. Um, thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure.
0: Now, Graham, we're going to be talking a lot about, you know, team care, resilience, leading with kindness and empathy. But I would be remiss not to mention the most recent news with Jacinda Ardern's um, announcement of her resignation last week, and that very important and courageous speech that has had a number of different types of responses in the media over the last few days. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on on that speech and what that means in terms of leading with kindness and empathy.
1: I think you can't really comment on that without reflecting on her her full-time as Prime Minister. And I think she's just been a wonderful contrast to some of the really macho male leaders around the place, like the the Trumps, the Johnsons, and even Scott Morrison. And one of the things that she really said quite a deal was that she didn't think that uh, c- compassion and strength are mutually exclusive. And that's very much along the lines of my thoughts as well. When I've interviewed those caring CEOs, they are ser- caring CEOs that champion both a culture of care and a culture of high performance, which is uh, you know quite similar but I think her comments about retiring and pulling back i think also show a fair bit of courage because traditionally you think politicians should be robust and resilient but i think it's wonderful that she's actually said i just need to pull back i need to do something differently i don't have to fuel them a tank to keep going as i once did and uh you know i think that just is sensational also <laughs> makes me think of another Woman Ash Barty, you know, she was also at the very top of her game when she decided to pull back for life lifestyle reasons as well. And uh, full full marks for them.
0: Mm. And no, you're right. I mean, when you think about resilience and mental health, you know, mental health has been identified as what was it the number one societal issue that employees care about. Um, And so it's really important that CEOs and leaders are starting to show this vulnerability um, and highlight the importance of mental health, particularly in the context of work. But I'm really interested in your views, you know, as a CEO, when we think, you know, about the last 30, 40 years, things around vulnerability, leading with empathy, kindness, opening up about mental health, just wasn't something that CEOs or senior leaders would talk about. It just wasn't part of the job, wasn't part of the job requirements. You wouldn't see that in a job ad. Times are changing. You're talking to CEOs daily about these particular skills. What do you think um, that it's made made CEOs more vulnerable and open to this conversation?
1: I think one of the big things has been the uncertainty and the rate of change. And no one person in any organisation can know everything and dictate, this is the way it's going to happen. And I think one of the really wonderful things about some of the CEOs I've interviewed and the caring CEO is that they're prepared to be vulnerable. You know, for example, uh, Michael Schneider, the CEO of uh, Bunnings, you know, he, he went on this very, I guess, ambitious project to expand into the UK and Ireland. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And uh, it was very uh, difficult for him. He even talked about, you know, going to see a mindset coach to help him uh, approach that. And to be able to move forward and just focus on the future. And when he talks like that and talks about needing help, it leads it invites other people to share their story, but also to share that you know they need help at times, need assistance in how they think and how they act.
0: It just humanises the whole conversation, doesn't it? And what gets me really frustrated and and um, you know something that I want to change is this notion of soft versus hard. You know, you've just talked mm. about some really serious, important things. Dealing with those things is not, I don't think that's soft. You know, I think we've called soft skills, the time's done and it's time to move forward. The soft skills are actually the hard skills um, or the power skills, the human skills. Um, What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think we need to think about compassion and kindness in three ways. One is self-care and knowing how we're going. We can't uh, do things in the right way. We can't be at our best unless we're in a positive mood and mindset. If we are, we've been shown to be 31% more productive, 37% more influential, and 300% more creative. So there's very very good reasons for us to make a priority on ourselves and being able to assess our own mood and take action when we think we need to. Secondly, it's about crew care. It's about creating an environment where people can feel vulnerable, where they can take moderate risks. And know that if they, you know, make a mistake, that it won't be held against them. or will learn quickly and move forward. And the third element is red zone care. This is where someone is anxious or depressed, and being able to spot that, you know, seeing changes in behaviour and knowing what to do, being able to have the AUAK conversation, encourage help seeking, really makes a, a, a very very positive difference. And just uh, at the end of. 2022 there was a survey that came out from the future forum group and they found out that 40 percent of employees worldwide are feeling burnout after you know the, the last three years of the pandemic so it really shows that we need to be able to talk really um honestly about this authentically and uh and just to make sure that people know that it's okay not to feel okay
0: mm. Yeah, and there's got to be, well, there is absolutely economic implications of that. So this notion of, you know, nice guys finishing last and, you know, being kind and and managing through mental health and resilience is just sort of a nice thing to have, that argument no longer stands up. So have you done any research around the economic benefits of um, leading in this way?
1: Well, even better than that is, uh, you know, probably one of the biggest research studies will what has been done by the gallup organization and they look at um, employee engagement and discretionary effort and the one statement which predicts being very productive uh, having high customer service levels and length of people stay in the organization is a positive agreement or strong agreement with this my supervisor or someone at work seems to care about me as a person. Not even does seem like, seems to care about me as a person. The more people that strongly agree with that, it, you know, it's been shown the profit's higher, the productivity's higher. So that's just one small example. I think another one is the work that um, Gallup did on Project Aristotle. Oh, sorry, it was Google, not Gallup. So they start to find out. What were the foundations of the great teams in their organisation around the world? And they looked at one hundred and eighty teams. For each team, they looked at two hundred and fifty factors, and they found out the number one predictor of their best teams is psychological safety. And this is where people can be their authentic selves. They, they feel free to take moderate risks, to learn when things don't go right, to move forward. And they found that. If you get that right, the rest of the teamwork happens really well because they talk about the importance of dependability and clarity. And you can't have robust conversations about that unless you have psychological safety.
0: And you've just recently asked your LinkedIn network Some similar questions, you know, I I think I saw a poll recently on your LinkedIn that asked your network, what were the top elements of a successful team? What did people respond and were those results surprising? Uh,
1: Well, I gave people around 10 options and I did this as well in my webinars and uh, and keynotes and quite often on some of those webinars I'll have 2,000 people on there and asked to think about, you know, a great team they've been part of it could have been the U9 network team, their footy team, when they worked at McDonald's, this job or previous job. And I list out these 10 options. And in 95% of the case, the top three are, we had each other's back, we cared about each other, and we enjoyed working together. So that is the nucleus of great teams. And every time and every every server I've run, it, or 95% of the time, those three have been at the top. Uh,
0: look, Graham. obviously I agree with everything that you've said today. It really aligns with a lot of the material and editorial I've, I've done around leadership and leading with kindness. You know, this, these types of skills don't often come natural to some people. And um, I'm curious, how do we scale a culture of care in an organisation which is bigger and more complex?
1: Well, having an executive team model it is a really, really important component. If they don't model it, it's very, very difficult to, for it to fly across an organisation. But I think for frontline leaders, we need, really need to think about training and e-learning, which can help them put some basic things into place. Because what uh, I learned through helping to found Are You OK? is that most people want to help, want to create the right sort of environment, but they don't always know how to do it. And uh, that was one of the reasons why I co-created WeCare365, which is short e-learning that shows people how to create that culture of care, how to spot someone who may be struggling, and how to have that RUAK conversation.
0: I love that. You know, when you think about it, it's so easy. It's about being a good human being, um, treating people the way you want to be treated. And, um, you know, I just I love that. And I'm so pleased that the the network resonated with that and came through with those results. But um, in wrapping up, Graeme, in terms of your, you know, when you're talking to leaders or if, if somebody wants to ask you, Graeme, for your advice. Um, i'm I'm a new leader or I've been leading teams for so long. what What are some of the things that I should be doing to create a highly successful, high potential, um, highly performing team?
1: I really recommend that um, leaders and also everyone on the team continually ask these three questions. And the first question is, do we feel connected? And the outcome we want from that is a sense of belonging, you know caring about each other, having each other's back. The second question is, do we feel safe? And that's primarily around psychological safety. You know, can I be my authentic self? Can I contribute? Do I feel involved? And the third question is, do we have a shared future? And this encourages um, managers and leaders to involve the team in how they move forward. It doesn't mean it's uh, it's a democracy but it does mean that people feel heard. And when people feel feel heard, they do feel connected, they do feel involved, and that maximises our motivation to contribute to that shared future.
0: Thank you, Graham. I feel like um, you've been heard today. I've, I've certainly <laughs> been listening to lots of, lots of great tips and advice there about a really, really important topic. So thank you for joining us on Blue Notes today.
1: My pleasure, Karina.